0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Performer on Record. And if you heard those jingle bells, you'll know that this is our special holiday gift guide 2020. Uh, I know that there's probably not a lot of things to celebrate about the year 2020, but uh, we're going to do our best here. So if you are a musician yourself or if there's a musician in your life... We would uh, like to recommend some really cool products um, that we've had a chance to test out during the course of the year that we think would make either really great gifts for your loved ones or uh, nice holiday stocking stuffers. So without further ado, let's hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll jump into the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus is your one-stop holiday gift shop for the producers, audiophiles, recording artists, and podcasters in your life. We guarantee that PreSonus gear and software are at the top of your favorite creator's wish list this year. And hey, why not treat yourself to a little something while you're at it? Visit PreSonus.com slash gift guide to learn more. Again, that's PreSonus.com slash gift guide. Now back to the show. And we're back! Uh, The heart of any really great home studio is obviously going to be an audio interface. It's going to be what takes your microphone inputs and your instrument inputs and gets them digitized into your computer so you can edit that audio in your DAW. Um, One of the easiest, simplest, low-cost interfaces that we've come across and had an opportunity to use over the past year or so is the Scarlet Solo, uh, the, the latest generation, the 3G from Focusrite. What I love about the Solo is uh, number one, it's bus powered. Uh, so you don't have any you know big wall warts or uh, power supplies to deal with uh, plugging into the wall, taking up another outlet. Uh, so that's number one, it's small form factor is amazingly portable too. Uh, that's one of the things that we like if you're recording with a buddy or a friend you can just you know load up your backpack with some cables drop your focus right solo in there bring it to uh your your friend's house or apartment or basement or wherever you happen to be able to set up to record uh plug it into a laptop and you're good to go takes up no space weighs virtually nothing Um, I think it's a great stocking stuffer because, number one, it'll actually fit into a stocking, which is nice. Um, But they clock in at around $100 or so US. So it's not going to break your bank. Uh, It's going to be super simple to set up. It's got two inputs on the front. So you've got your standard XLR. So if you're a singer-songwriter, you can plug your microphone in, get your voice. And it's also got a quarter inch, so you can go direct with a guitar or a bass or uh, an acoustic um, track both at once which is great for just recording really quick scratch demos or even a fully produced record if it's just you a guitar a synth uh, and your your studio space uh, it's got a gain control on the front for both inputs which is super easy to use and nice because it lights up red when you're when you're clipping a little bit uh, big monitor knob which is very handy on the front and a direct monitor button too so you can actually hear what's going on Lab time is basically non-existent we like the focus right control software it's really easy to use it's usb so like i said not only is it bus powered but it's going to plug into pretty much any uh laptop or pc or mac that you can uh throw at it and uh it's got the standard monitor outputs on the back so you can plug into a set of studio monitors um and just you're you're good to go so the solo is our first recommendation this year let me get the jingle bells out Our first recommendation this year uh, for a product that we think would be a really great stocking stuffer or just something to treat yourself with if you are looking to get your feet wet in home recording, but maybe don't want to invest a ton of money, but you want something that sounds good and is easy to use and is not going to take up a lot of room on a limited uh, desktop space. The solo is the way to go. And, and one of the nice things too is the whole Focusrite ecosystem is built to scale. So if you find that later on you're recording more than just a guitar and a vocal or a synth and a vocal, uh, you can move up the range, get more inputs, get all the inputs you need. And you know the sound quality is going to remain the same because the preamps are virtually identical uh, in the range. Um, one of the bonus features that we really like and what I'll end on with the Scarlet range is the air button i don't know what engineering or technical wizardry is going on behind the scenes or in the circuit board when the air button is pressed but all i know is i leave it depressed all the time Uh, if i'm recording vocals or guitar or anything with a large condenser mic um, if we're testing out stuff for the magazine i just leave the air button on And I don't know why, but it just adds this extra presence to whatever you're recording through the mic pre. So whether it's a voice or whether you're capturing, um, let's say, an intricate acoustic guitar, um, and it's going to be cheesy to use the word air, but it adds this little bit of air around the instrument or around the voice um, that we think just gives it an extra liveliness and kind of makes you forget that you're listening to something captured digitally. So. That's our recommendation number one for this year's holiday 2020 gift list guide, the Scarlet Solo from Focusrite. So we are going to break. We'll hear another word from our sponsor and we'll be back with our next recommendation. Hey everybody, it's Sterling from krkmusic.com, makers of your favorite monitoring systems, headphones, and Pro Audio Tools for over 35 years. Now, if you're like me, you've spent quite a bit of time over the last couple months building out your home studio. And and maybe you're building your first home studio. Maybe you're upgrading your current studio. Well, with the holiday season upon us, now is a great time to shop KRK. Just go to krkmusic.com today, give us a follow on social, and keep making great music. And we're back. Oh, I forgot my jingle jangle. There we go. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed our first recommendation. We're going to dive right into our second pick for a really great holiday stocking stuffer this year or a little treat for yourself. And it's the AKG Lyra microphone. Uh, There's a lot to love about the Lyra, number one, like the Focusrite. It's not going to set you back a ton of money. Uh, Again, very similar price point around $100 US. That might change depending on where you are uh, in the world. But that's about what you're going to spend. And the Lyra is really great, Uh, number one. It's a USB mic, so even if you don't have an interface, you can plug this directly into a Mac, a PC, or even your uh, smartphone, which is really cool. We've used it uh, for portable recording, uh, capturing interviews and things like that on the go. It's got a really classic look, which I think is a big selling point. I know you know we're supposed to be you know design focused and sound focused, but you know let's not kid ourselves. Looks are important, and the Lyra simply looks really cool on a desktop. It's small, it's lightweight, again, it's portable. All the things we love in a product that will get you really great sound. If you wanna hear it in action, we've actually done some YouTube videos with a great artist named Katie Cole from Nashville. Uh, She's part of the Smashing Pumpkins touring band. I think she actually appears on the new Smashing Pumpkins record too, which is really cool. And she's a singer songwriter in her own right. So head to the Performer Magazine YouTube channel and check out some of the videos that we've put together featuring the Lyra Uh, some of its capabilities, what it can do. It's great for singer-songwriters. The capsules inside uh, are really good at capturing a full voice, acoustic instruments. So if you're singing and playing at the same time, you can get that full sound. It's great for podcasters. Uh, One of our early episodes we actually did on a Lyric because it's all we had handy while we were testing out a couple of different mics and and figuring out what we were gonna use. Uh, It's great for YouTube streamers, Twitch streamers, um, Discord all of the uh, modern stuff that you're going to be using audio for uh if you're working and you need something a little bit better than your built-in mic for say a zoom conference uh the liver is a great choice it's not going to set you back a ton of money it's going to work great and it's got a big honking button on the front that does all the things uh you can choose your different setup configurations. so you can have it front facing front and back if you're doing an interview and you want to capture your interview subject on the other side of the mic Uh, It's got a tight stereo and a wide stereo. So with one tool, you can basically set up a DAW on your Mac, uh, on your laptop, on your phone, plug this in to the port and be good to go, really. And just, you know, do your demos, track everything pretty easily and and lay everything down with one simple uh, microphone. So that's the AKG Lyra. We really love it. It's small enough to fit in a stocking, not gonna set you back a lot of money, and it sounds really great. Uh, for proof of that, head to the YouTube channel, check out what Katie Cole was able to do with you know just a simple desktop USB mic and her voice and her guitar. So that's the AKG uh, Lyra mic by Harman, and uh, take another break, word from our sponsor, and we will be back. <laughs> This podcast, and all of our Performer podcasts, are brought to you by our premier podcast sponsor, Elixir Strings. We only use Elixir Strings here at Performer because their protective coating keeps our strings full of life better than any other brand we've ever tried. And when we're reviewing stomp boxes, amps, and recording gear each and every month, we don't want anything distracting us from the job, like the hassle and expense of constantly changing our guitar strings. And we know that you don't want anything getting in the way of making your music either. So, say goodbye to all that gross corrosion and dirt, sweat, and oil buildup with Elixir Strings. Their proprietary featherweight coating acts as a great barrier against tone-killing buildup on guitar strings, allowing you to get lost in the music. For more information, head to elixirstrings.com, check out our YouTube channel for more demos from real-world players like you, and uh, maybe make it a stocking stuffing gift this year. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Oh, wouldn't be official without the jingles. And we're back. Um, So you've got an interface. You've got a microphone. uh, You're going to have to have some sort of recording software, right? So if you don't currently have a DAW or a DAW, there's a bunch on the market. They all essentially try to accomplish the same things, but some of them do them in different ways, some of them are set up for say electronic music production like Ableton, some of them are set up for standard multi-tracking live audio like a Pro Tools type of situation. Um, One of the ones that we like best and we've actually been using it exclusively for probably the past three to four years is PreSonus Studio One. Um, There are a number of reasons why we've chosen it as our default DAW here in the office and amongst all of our reviewers who review products and recording gear for us. Number one, it's just simple to use and it doesn't crash. This is the biggest thing for me when it comes to using a, a DAW. If I have software that's constantly crashing or can't handle running multiple plugins at once, even on maybe a machine that's not as powerful as it should be, uh, that's going to be a problem. It's, it's going to make me not be able to record music, which is ultimately its job. And we found that You know when we're testing out a bunch of weirdo gear and plugins and and software packages and, and something just crashes on us it's it's frustrating and it stops us dead in our tracks so studio one has never done that to us and when i say never that's not hyperbole i've never had it crash ever and i've thrown huge ridiculous midi chunks at it uh we've had like dozens of audio tracks open at once with multiple plugins and all sorts of nonsense just to kind of test the system. And we've just been running it on stock Macs here in the office, macbooks uh, Mac minis, uh, Mac towers, whatever we got handy just to see what'll run. And um, that's the biggest thing for us is stability. Second to that is gonna be interface and learning curve. Now the Studio One interface is gonna be set up in a way that even if you've never recorded before, It's intuitive enough that you're going to be able just to pop open a new track, select what input you're using on your interface, or if you have a USB mic, select that, hit the record button, set your gain, and you're good to go. It's really that simple. There's no hoops to jump through. The setup wizard for audio configuration is really, really good. And For us, when we're using tons of different interfaces, testing out products for reviews, having that be so simple is a big plus now you might only have to set it up once because you're only using one device but know that that flexibility and that ease of use is there one of the other things that we really love especially with the new version of studio one if you haven't upgraded to five yet uh the instrument loops the drum samples are superb and all of the software synths um we have a bunch of hardware synths here that we route right into studio one for recording scratch tracks bass tracks, pads, and all that sort of stuff when we're doing um, recording product reviews. But sometimes we just have a MIDI interface uh, handy, a little keyboard controller that we plug in, and there's like a thousand and one amazing synthesizers that you can use inside of Studio One, including my favorite, which is a really, really convincing Les Paul guitar sound. Um, If I don't feel like miking up a guitar cabinet here in the office, or now that I'm doing more work from home because 2020, uh, I can't have loud amps going on with other people in the house. Grabbing a MIDI controller, popping it in over USB, and loading up the Les Paul, <laughs> I'm good to go, and it's pretty darn convincing. So, so those are some of the basic reasons. But we actually asked the folks at Presonus, you know, we know what we like about it, but what what do you have to say about the new version of Studio One? Um, and here are some of the things that. They wanted to get across that we actually agree with because we've been testing it out for probably the past six weeks or so Um, and and what they said is for readers who can read the right music PreSonus has added the score view in version 5 and that adds more musical notation to studio one and this is great for composers Um, so if you're doing film soundtracks um, if you're doing jingles for say your local television commercial productions um, this is really great to have notation view and it says we've integrated uh, we've added integration between Studio One and Notion for some time, and we continue to expand that. But this built-in scoring with playback is new. So in version 5, you can't print the score. But in version 5.1, which was just released, you can. Which, again, for composers is awesome. So if you need a multi-track studio uh, setup, you've got it. If you need that notation capability, you've got it. And I'll add to that something they didn't write in, which is MIDI IO is handled superbly. So all your handoffs are really seamless. It's one of the reasons why we ditched um, our previous DAW, which I won't mention by name, and why we can't use something like GarageBand, for example, um, for any serious MIDI production. Um, GarageBand just can't handle MIDI out at all for some reason. So if we sequence something and want to send it out to, say, a hardware synthesizer to play, it uh-uh, ain't gonna work. Uh, and we've had trouble interfacing in, out, and through with other DAWs. So I I think PreSonus really excels at that, and it's one of the reasons that we like it for all of our real instruments, for all of our real mics, and for all of our MIDI capabilities. There's another new thing that um, we want to point out too. It's the new aux channel in version five of Studio One. It allows external audio sources to be fed directly into the mixer without requiring an associated track. So basically external hardware instruments can be used like virtual instruments inside the Studio One, which is really cool. And you can also use this for returning outboard processors. So if you have like warm audio gear or anything else linked up to your chain, you can use that too. And finally, One of the coolest things about uh, Studio One is the integration with the PreSonus hardware. So if you're using like a control surface, like a fader port or something like that, or the new IO station, which is really cool because it's basically like a touch control surface and an interface all in one really compact unit. Or if you've got the Atom controller with the pads on it, um, all of the PreSonus interfaces, basically all of their hardware, it's gonna work seamlessly with Studio One. So if you get into the ecosphere, you're you're really going to be good to go without having to reconfigure things or set up configuration files and if you're using a daw from another company having to worry whether it's going to be compatible or not all that stuff's out the window everything works seamlessly in studio one and we can attest to that because we've tested out the atom we've tested out the studio live mixers we've tested out the io station and we've also tested out the fader port so i think that's four or five different Presonus products that we've used with Studio One that just work flawlessly. So the products work on their own with any other DAW that you have under the sun. Don't worry about that. But when you get into Studio One, it's just like a, you know, a, a breath of fresh air. It just works and it just works out of the box and it does what it's supposed to do. So Studio One, super powerful, um, relatively inexpensive. In fact, there's a new PreSonosphere subscription plan, which not only I think gets you the DAW uh, for a really cheap monthly fee, but also all of the audio software that they make, all the plugins and everything that come from FreeSonus, you just have access to it. It's just yours, which is really cool. So if you haven't checked out that, I would recommend it because you don't have to buy a one-time license. You don't have to worry about those upgrade fees or anything like that. You get the subscription plan. You're good to go. You're always on the most current version. So that's enough of me talking. Let's get the jingle jangle. Let's hear from another sponsor and we'll be back with some more recommendations. We want to also thank another one of This month's podcast sponsors AKG. This podcast is brought to you by AKG, and we love AKG products because they're engineered with today's musicians in mind. From their world-class microphones to their headphones and their simple yet easy to use and powerful wireless systems, which we've actually tested out for the magazine, AKG has you covered both on stage and in the studio. For more information, head to AKG.com or the Performer Magazine YouTube channel, where we test out the AKG Lyra microphone, as well as some of their digital wireless products, with one of our regular gear testers, Andrew Hoyt. So again, head to akg.com for a full lineup of in-ear, wireless, headphone, and microphone products, and head to our YouTube channel to see what we have to say about some of the great AKG gear we've had a chance to check out. And now back to the show. Okay, we are back. Jingle, jingle, jingle. All right. We are back with our holiday gift guide and want to switch things up. We've done a a couple of low cost stocking stuffer type products, which are really great that we recommend. We've done a DAW, which uh, I don't know how you're going to stock that into a stuffing. Maybe a print out a picture of the box and say, here you go. Uh, If that's not exciting to you, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, we're going to switch things up. We're going to go to a potentially controversial product. Um, We're going to recommend the synthesizer, which we've been in love with all year it's hard to tell when this actually came out because it's a product from Behringer. And if you know anything about Behringer's synth output, uh, they'll announce something. They'll tease you for about three four years and then uh, maybe they'll release it. Uh, some people don't love their strategy of releasing stuff. They feel it maybe uh, is unfair, let's say, in the kindest words to some of the people who maybe uh, their designs are based on. I will say this uh i don't have the money or the resources to get my hands on a lot of classic synthesizers from yesteryear they're unobtainium uh let's say uh price wise and just availability wise so when a company like behringer comes along and makes a a reproduction of a classic synth that's been out of production for maybe 30 40 years offers it at a good price point it's going to be attractive to me um now we've received assurances from them and from other people in the industry have looked into it. Uh, it seems like what they're doing as far as their designs and their output is legal, if not morally uh, something you, you could raise questions about. Um, but I, I think they're doing everything legal by the book. I don't know that guitar stores or Toman in Europe would take their products if there were questions about the legalities. But look, that's all I'm going to say about it. where where you stand on Behringer is up to you. Um, but we are taking a look at the vocoder VC340. Uh, this is a recreation, um, a clone, if you will, of the classic Roland vocoder from the late 70s, which I think was only in production for about a year or two, 79 to 80. Maybe some units trickled out in 81. But essentially, if you didn't know any better and you played this, it's really the exact same thing. It's it's missing one octave on the keyboard, which is fine by me because they use full-size keys. <clears throat> Yamaha, <clears throat> Korg, full-size keys. You remember what those were? I'm going to clip my microphone because I'm yelling so loud. Yes, full-size keys. They feel semi-weighted, so they do feel good. All of the buttons are really cool because they're those classic Roland-style uh, push buttons, the colored ones. So you've got three sections. You've got the vocoder. You've got the human voice, which is that choir sound that you probably recognize from like really cheesy disco records from the end of the disco era and strings, which you'll recognize from basically everything from, say, 79 to 83 that used fake strings before better string machines came along and people uh, didn't, you know, take care of their Salinas. But anyway, let's see if I can get the vocoder up and running. We're going to uh, take a break here. We're going to listen to some robot voices. The Behringer VC340, I will tell you on the used market, will run you between five, 600 bucks. New, you'll probably find them on Sweetwater and other sites in stock for about six, $700, depending on uh, whether you've got a coupon or not. But if you're a synth player and you've already got everything you need, you've got an FM synth maybe, you've got a classic analog mono synth, maybe you've got a digital synth, maybe you've got a poly synth that you really like, maybe you've got a master controller, you like maybe you've got a bunch of software that you like and you're like all right is there anything new that i don't have i've got an electric piano i've got kind of everything that's the boat that we were in so we were really excited to get a vocoder sent to us uh to check out because it's kind of that one piece that we don't have you know we've got human voice stuff and strings in other machines we've got a mellotron here in the office but that vocoder man and i know you can get it cheaper but this really recreates like the exact signal path and and circuits and chips that they used to use back in the day so enough of me talking let's see if we can get some robot voices into the show and we'll be back in a sec okay so we're going to test this out and first what we have on is human voice and string so I'll just play a simple chord so you can hear what that's like but I'm going to play it without the magic and I'll tell you what the magic is going to be in a sec so let's listen So those are strings, which do have what's called the ensemble effect already on. You can't even turn it off. It's that bucket brigade uh, type of chorusing effect. Let's also add the human voice, the chorus in, and I'm going to have all of the voices on. So it's going to be a little ridiculous in a sec, but let's add that. it sounds okay, right? I mean it's it's okay, but where the magic happens is when you p- press the ensemble button here, you get that chorus effect in. So let's add back the human voices and this time we're going to have the chorus on. So let's just play a simple chord with all of the voices and the ensemble. Ready? Here we go. Let's add uh let's add a few strings to the mix and see what we get. Oh right that's pretty cool i haven't even vocoded anything yet and i've been itching all day to, to add some robot noises so let's go ahead let's turn the voices off let's get the chorus off here let's get the strings off let's add the vocoder and you're gonna hear a little noise that's okay a little noise never hurt anybody but let's see if i can vocode some stuff i've got a microphone in the back a dynamic mic uh you can't use a condenser on this so i'm gonna swing my vocal condenser out of the way so we're not picking up any of that and we're going to try to vocode something in a uh, classic robot voice. Here we go. Give me one sec. This is a robot voice. This is the robot This is the vocoder. This is the vocoder. This is the vocoder. This is the vocoder. Robot voice. Robot voice. Robot voice. Robot voice, robot voice in a lower register, robot voice in a higher register, and then we're going to do a chord with the robot voice, here we go, robot voice, robot voice. Robot boys overloading the system, so I need to turn the game down, 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 and up. Way too much game, we are clipping, but that's okay, because it's just a demonstration. Okay, and I'm back on my vocal mic here. Hopefully that wasn't too silly for you. Yeah, we did clip a lot because I had the mic level way up on my vocoder. So I apologize for that. But just to try to give you a sense of, of what that's going to sound like. I'm going to go ahead and turn the vocoder off so we're not getting any more noise in the system. Hopefully that helped a little bit. And yeah, that's the Behringer. It's it's really inexpensive considering the original uh, Roland models are going to run you three, four grand in good condition, which is a little silly. Again... Your mileage may vary. You might have differing opinions on the Behringer business practices and, and uh, production uh, philosophies, let's say. Um, but if you want something that you can't get, let's say you want an SH-101 and they're not available or way too much money, you can grab the MS-1. If you want a mini Moog and you don't have six grand to spend on a refurbished one or 3000 to spend on a reissue, You can grab, you know, the Model D uh, desktop unit that they've put out or the new Poly-D, which is a four voice unit for like five, six hundred bucks. Look, it is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to go on an ethics tirade, but I recommend the Vocoder, the VC340 from Behringer. I I love it. I think it adds a really cool new thing to your synth arsenal that you may not have in software or hardware already. And let's face it, vocoders are cool. So anyway, enough of me yapping. Let's take a break and we'll be back with the next recommendation. And we are back. So we have looked at some interfaces. We looked at uh, mics and DAWs and a a silly synth that I can't get enough of, so I had to throw it in the recommendation mix. Yeah, the Behringer vocoder, not going to fit in a stocking. Uh, Sorry, you can maybe knit a a four-foot-long stocking and and shove it in there and surprise someone, but uh, yeah, for most of us, it's going to go under the tree or, you know, just give it to someone open because you just want them to use it straight away anyway jingle 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 we are back the next thing i want to talk about is headphones we use a lot of headphones here in the office we test out a ton of headphones over the course of the year uh in-ear monitors we test out too so we're sticking a lot of things in and over our ears which sounds gross but it's not and one of the models that we came across this year got sent to us from akg and it's the k 371 which is great. It's the over ear, um, the closed back version of the AKG uh, studio monitor headphone. Um, it's foldable and this one in particular that I'm gonna recommend is a little bit different. It's the K371BT. So this is new and it's the Bluetooth version. If you would asked me five years ago if I would have recorded anything and used Bluetooth uh, monitors for for mixing or tracking or or listening to playback probably would have said no i don't think the bluetooth specs even in the past five six years would have uh held up i got a lot of dropouts i got a lot of loss of quality uh over bluetooth standards that were around maybe five six even ten years ago But now I I will say this, I was a skeptic of Bluetooth for the longest time just because I had used it in in quasi-professional settings and it just didn't have that reliability. Now Bluetooth has come a long way. I I will say this, you can can stream stuff, you can do playback, and you're not going to get the dropouts that you used to get. You're not going to get the loss of quality generation that you used to get. Um, I I was pleasantly surprised, and it's really hard to impress me. The K371BT's we actually sent out to an artist named Devin in New York City, and she's going to do a whole video series on not only the um, K371BT headphones, but also some other AKG gear, including the Lyra microphone that we mentioned earlier. So head to our YouTube channel this December during holiday season. Check out Devin's videos because you don't just have to take my word for it. See what she has to say about the headphones, how they function for her, an artist out there in the real world, and um, see how they might work for you. They also are pretty affordable. Uh, For for this level of quality, you're only going to pay about $179. Again, that's U.S. pricing. We've tested out headphones uh, anywhere from the $50 range to the $2,000 range and above. And honestly, these hold their own. Um, I hate using stupid phrases like they, you know, punch above their weight, or you know, they they hang with the big dogs. Uh, those are silly. I'm gonna use them anyway because I'm a silly type of guy, and I've had a hell of a 2020. So forgive me for trying to blow off some steam. I'm gonna throw the jingle jangle back on the mix here, and heartily recommend the K371 BT headphones. They're really good for audio production, so you can definitely use them as a studio uh, pair of monitors. You could just use them for audiophile listening too. Um, I, I think they're great for just, you know, running around town, you know, listening to your favorite tracks on the go, streaming your Spotify playlist, whatever. You can use them uh, for podcast monitoring, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Discord, uh, Zoom, all of the standard streaming platforms that you might be using headphones for. And the specs are pretty darn impressive, especially for this price. You get 50 millimeter drivers. Now, most of the headphones, especially the -the over-the-ear closed back systems that we test out in these, let's say $100, $200, $300 range, they're gonna come with between 35 and 40 to 45 millimeter drivers. So these are actually a little bit larger, which is nice. Gives you a little bit extra clarity. Where I notice it most are in two different places. Number one, a little bit of air on the top end. Um, It's not surprising because these go from 5 hertz to 40,000 kilohertz, which is nuts because I can't hear that high, neither can you. But what it does do is it adds a little bit of openness on the top end that sometimes, um, how do I say, might sound a little brittle on a lesser pair of studio headphones. It's also got that really deep, bass dive and what you can do is test these against your studio monitors your actual speakers now we have krk monitors that go down i don't know into the 30s or so we get a pretty deep deep bass rumble out of those but there's a tightness to it what i like about these headphones and where they outperform some of the other models in this price range is that tightness of bass going down that low into the uh single digit hertz is maybe a little nuts but You don't get that flubbiness on the low end, which when we're doing scratch tracks and and DAW demonstrations um, with other cheaper monitors that maybe have crummier bass response, you get that kind of muddy bass. And you know what that is, and it takes over the mix. So even if your mid-range stuff and your open-ended top-range stuff is sounding really good and crisp on your studio monitors and in the mix, and everybody's happy with it, and you throw on a a set of really kind of Eh, cans, that low-end flub is going to kind of ruin the whole Sonic experience. So when you can get that tightness in the base and the open top end and the clarity of the mid-range, you've got Everything working the way it's supposed to so that you know it's gonna sound optimal on any system. And and you're really hearing that mix come through and it's not gonna be colored by a really poor reproduction in any of the bands over one another. So the K371, especially the Bluetooth models, are gonna give you that clarity. It's got the bigger drivers, the wide frequency range. And here's the kicker, Um, 40 hour max battery life, which we love. We've had Bluetooth headphones and Bluetooth devices in the office for, I don't know, 10 years, however long Bluetooth has been around. And one of the constant complaints we had, other than the dropouts and the loss of generational quality, is battery life, especially in headphones, where it's been uh, an issue for us, even traveling to, say, the NAMM show in California from the East Coast and not having a battery charge last the entire flight, which is really lame. Um, I remember a, a pair of headphones that we tested out that barely made it to the Midwest. And and that's disappointing, you know, because we've got the technology. We can build it stronger and better and faster and whatever other $6 million man uh, phrases you you can toss out at the world. So anyway, that's enough of me talking. I think the K371s from AKG, especially the BT versions, they're priced great. They sound phenomenal in every frequency band. They're great for podcasting, studio recording, vlogging, streaming games if you're into that Twitch universe which uh, we're starting to get into um and just basic listening. So yeah, check out our YouTube channel too because we're gonna have some demos coming up uh, from one of our previous giveaway winners, Devin in New York City. She's a great artist and she's got some other gear that she's gonna be putting to the test in her own studio situation, um, but especially focused on the K371 Bluetooth headphones from AKG. So that's our headphone recommendation for the year. These might actually fit in stocking if you've got an oversized stocking big enough and they're priced to sell. So uh those are the headphone picks for our holiday gift guide we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with our next recommendation all right up next we have got oh sorry Jingle, jingle, holiday gift guide time. Uh, up next, we're going to recommend uh, a pair of what's quickly becoming our favorite studio monitors. So we recommended you some headphones. If you don't like mixing on headphones, and I know a lot of people don't, you're probably gonna want a monitor set up. And if you're looking to upgrade your studio monitors, let's say you've got a pair of three inch multimedia monitors that are just okay, but now you're getting into music production, or you've got a pair of old monitors that you just, you need something a little bit better. We got sent recently the V4 series from KRK, and we've been using Rocket Fives here in the office for a long time. They're great; they are an affordable solution for basically any monitoring scenario you can think of for the home studio. We've even we've even seen them in a lot of pro studios too. So if you see those yellow cones, you know it's a KRK. The V4 series I think takes it a, a notch up. Um, so they're a little they're a little more money, but if you're looking, like I said, to do that upgrade, to really get into a pair of monitors that's going to last you for a number of years and be kind of the final set of monitors you need for your home studio, the V4 series, especially the 4-inch versions that we've got here at the office that we're going to be testing out, um, are really going to be a solid go-to. Um, I think one of the coolest things is they've got all of this user-selectable um, equalization At your fingertips. There's actually about 50 different EQ settings. So, what that's good for, and the reason why they've included it, um, is you can set this up for your particular space. So, one of the things that's most important about setting up studio monitors in a bedroom scenario or home studio scenario or basically any room is getting them tuned to that space so that you're hearing the right frequencies and not getting overloaded with reflections and bounce backs and hopefully you've got some sort of room treatment but this is going to give you the ability to properly set it up for your room acoustics any weirdo placement stuff you've got going on if you've got angular walls or less than ideal studio setups look we can't all have a perfectly boxed out room designed by a world-class studio designer it's just it's it's not realistic and especially in 2020 where a lot of us are working from home you make do with what you got. So having that user-selectable um, equalization is going to be key. It's tuning these properly to your space, so you're hearing what you need to hear, and I think it works really well. You've also got a biamp Class D amplifier on board, um, so you are going to have to plug these in. But man, do they sound really good! Um, yes, I think they sound better than the Rockets. Yes, they cost a little bit more, but they're going to be well worth it. Um, like I said, we have the four-inch versions. Here, um, these do share a lot of similarities across the V Series range. They've got the one-inch tweeter up top. Um, the difference between the Rocket uh, first that you're going to notice is that's that's yellow. It's going to be made of that Kevlar material that the woofer is made out of. So if, if you've ever felt that before, um, you know what the the Kevlar feels like. Um, and that's something that I haven't seen in a lot of other drivers. It's something unique to KRK. Uh, it's kind of their their signature. And it's got that front facing um, base port, that reflex port. So it's not gonna shoot out the back. So what's nice about that is you can get these maybe a little bit closer to the wall if you need to. Again, and you've got that programmable EQ to kind of offset any anomalies in your room. I know ideal placement isn't, you know, right up against a wall, but like I said, sometimes you gotta make do with what you got. And sometimes you can't avoid stuff like that. So the front firing port is good for that. Um, and you've got a protective grill. So this is something I don't have on my rockets. Um, and now that I am working from home, I've actually taken the rockets out of the office into the quote unquote home studio. And listen, I've got kids. Maybe you've got kids running around and they're little, they've got pokey fingers and having a grill that I can add to the V4 is really great for me as opposed to the rockets, which are unprotected right now. And I'll tell you what, my kids know what Kevlar feels like and maybe yours do as well. So the V series comes in a couple different flavors, the V4, the V6, the V8. Obviously, those numbers correspond to the size of uh, the main driver, the woofer, but they're all two ways. So you've got that uh, Kevlar tweeter up top and the woofer down below. They're all active. Like I said, they've got the built in amplification, um, so you don't need to, to power them with anything else. And what's really cool is uh, if you get up to the V8, you're going down to 35 hertz. So you're going to get those really tight bass frequencies that we were talking about in our headphone recommendation. But even if you go for the V4, you're down to about 55 to 58, I believe, which is really going to be enough for most home studio productions. Let's be honest. And the range of human hearing starts to trail off around there. Um, Crossover uh, for the V4s that we have is 2.1 kilohertz and you're gonna max out at a peak uh, sound pressure level at about 110 decibels. The V8, you're gonna get a few more decibels, and that's gonna be the main difference uh, in volume. Connectors on the back, you've got balanced XLR, quarter inch combo outputs, and your standard you know, uh, power. So you could use uh, other power cables if you happen to lose them, like uh, maybe we did. I'm not gonna say we did, I'm not gonna say we didn't. Uh, we definitely did which is fine uh mdf aluminum enclosures and um the weight is not going to be super bad so here's one of the things that we never considered before when we had uh, a pair of really really heavy studio monitors that went on a work from home desk as opposed to our normal studio desk which is super rugged and built for heavy outboard equipment and monitors these only way about 12 pounds a piece uh the v4s do at least The the v8s are probably double that because they're almost double the size but the v 4s are about 12 pounds a piece i did not know this but my crummy work from home desk that i had initially set up back in february when i thought this was all going to be a temporary world situation uh could not handle the weight of very heavy monitors and i learned that the hard way so i got myself a sturdier desk And if you don't have a sturdier desk, these V4s are going to be just fine. Uh, We learned that the easy way. We learned about the other ones the hard way. So we've had a chance to test these out. We're actually going to be giving away a pair of V4 uh, series uh, powered reference monitors from KRK very soon. So head to performermag.com in the next few days. Check out the promotion that we're going to be running because you can actually get a a pair of these sent to you to test out for our YouTube channel. Um, So that's really cool. We're gonna do our own little video on them as well so you can see what we think, um, get a chance to kind of see them in a a little 3D space. But yeah, I mean, we love the KRK V4 series. Uh, It's definitely a step up from the Rockets. Um, Can't say enough good things about them at this price point. So if you're in the market for an upgrade for studio monitors, Give these a whirl, they get our recommendation, and we're going to take a break and come back with, I think, one of our final picks for the holiday gift guide, Jingle Jingle. We'll uh, be back with you in a sec. Okay, and we're back, Jingle Jingle Jingle, with our final recommendation of the year, and this one's a little bittersweet. we had planned on recommending this product before we got the news of Eddie Van Halen's unfortunate passing this fall. And we were going to recommend one of the EHV Wolfgang guitars, uh, anyway, uh, it was just in the plans, um, because we've been planning this holiday gift guide since probably, uh, late spring, early summer. Um, so yeah, it's a little bittersweet for us. Um, because we were going to do the evh wolfgang standard anyway is our guitar pick of the year just because it's so darn cool we managed to get our hands on one of the standards with the mango burst finish which i think has been discontinued but you can still find it out there at retail Um, some people still have it in stock there's a lot of other cool finishes this year the tahitian knight is a really cool blue to green fade i think the amber stain is probably the coolest finish on the evh wolfgang series but i can't recommend this guitar enough one of the best things i like about it well number one the neck profile is great it's that evh wolfgang sort of asymmetrical profile Um, roasted maple neck and fretboard on the new 2020s and i would imagine all future models the one that we have is a standard maple neck no roasting going on but still rock solid uh original floyd rose evh branded um it's dive only which is fine it's not recessed or routed out so you can't do those crazy dime bag up pulls but that's what eddie wanted and it still works really great uh you've got two wolfgang humbuckers which sound really great either clean or distorted you've got a simple uh tone pot volume control that's about it and you go straight to the output with a three-way selector move between your pickups you've got super mega jumbo frets which is awesome for bending and getting around the fretboard it's got this compound radius which gets flatter as you go up if you're a super shredder i am not but uh eddie certainly was so this was built for him and one of the things that i love best about this guitar is it's deceptively small the body itself is really small and compact and the way that the neck joins you're joining at about the 17th fret or so. I just had to look down. So you get all the way up to the 22nd fret twenty-second uh, fret on the body of the guitar, which means the neck is fairly well into the body, making the entire length of the guitar pretty short. Um, standard scale length, you've got a 25 and a half inch uh, scale length from nut to bridge, just like a Stratocaster, but the entire size of the guitar is compact. So it feels smaller. It feels even smaller than a Les Paul with a shorter scale from tip to tail, but it's, it's got that standard string length. So you feel the normal tension that you would on, say, a Strat or a Tele. So it's, it's deceptive in that way, but I really have grown to like this body shape, um, this body size, the compactness of it and the smaller string spacing of um, the r2 floyd nut usually on a locking tremolo system like this you'll get an r3 which i believe is like 43 millimeters this one's a little bit skinnier but you don't notice it at first until you start playing for a while and you're like okay the neck profile feels a little bit different it's a little bit smaller it's actually a little bit easier to get around um I, i like it your mileage may vary, but I'm going to do uh, a little less talking and we are going to pause here. I'm going to turn the amp on and see if we can get some tones going. So bear with me for a second. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We're going to cut down the music bed so you can listen to this and let's flip the amp on and uh, it's off standby now. So we've got the Wolfgang standard. Let's turn the volume and tone all the way up and we're going to be on a clean channel so let's see is the amp on that's the bridge let's go to the neck So, so that's clean, but obviously, uh, yeah, you're going to probably want to dirty that up a little bit. Let's see if we can flip over. Get the dirty channel on. You can hear some of the, some of the nastiness coming in. I don't know. Let's check the gain setting. All right, gain's up about halfway. We're going to go back to the bridge pickup here, and uh, let's see what we can get out of the EVH Wolfgang. Just screwing around for a second. Um, These are the Wolfgang pickups. They come standard in pretty much every model, so even if you move up the range, you're going to get the same really great pickup sounds. (laughs) All right. So that's just goofing around a sec. We'll have probably a better playing demo uh, in our video holiday gift guide coming up this week as well. But yeah, the Wolfgang Standard, um, I I wish there were better circumstances to recommend this under. Like I said, this was already in the works. We got our hands on one um, before the news came in. So maybe we should just dedicate this entire year, this awful roller coaster year to to Eddie's memory and and think of maybe some better times uh, when when rock and roll was still king and when Eddie was still here with us. Um, If you haven't had a chance, check out the tribute song that his son Wolfgang has put up online. If you make it through without crying, I will personally send you five dollars. Don't hold me to that, but I'll probably still do it. Anyway, um we hope you enjoyed some of these recommendations. I uh I think there's a lot of great products on the market. Hopefully some of these got you thinking if not for yourself, maybe uh maybe think of others this year if you can gift something to a musician in your life. This year's been hell on a lot of people, so I'm sure they would really appreciate that. I know a lot of us have lost some loved ones. Um I lost my grandfather and I want to thank all of the healthcare professionals that that helped him during his final days. Um, earlier this this spring um but here's to a better tomorrow stay safe out there stay healthy please wear a mask love your neighbors treat each other kindly and hopefully 2021 will turn things around and have a much better year and a lot more to celebrate so from me and the performer magazine staff those are some of our holiday recommendations wishing you and your family all the best this holiday season and we will see you next time bye-bye